you know how I know you're a dark overlord? Oh, I knew this was going to happen, dude. <laughs> what? What is it? What is your logic? Tell me. Well, you just this right Don't here. This. This, Don't clip this. This Alpina. evil, this the evil teasing that it's occurring right now. Because I I'm mean, enjoying it. Seriously, you're 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 playing with my emotions. You you know how as Good. a bard how sensitive I am. Good. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I am your host, Samorg. I'm joined today by our returning Pathfinders. Everybody, let's welcome back your Ashen Herald, Daedalus. Hello, everyone. Also, welcome back everyone's favorite cult leader, Armored Cell. Hello, hello. Now, friends, we've got a fun show today. As I told you, we'd be having a lot of different sort of uh, topics, a uh, bit of a variety of topics, actually, that we'll be talking about before we dig in. Got to give a shout out to the home of this podcast, which is what? AshesHQ.com. Check it out. It's a community curated website for all things Ashes of Creation. Also, a shout out to the Imperial Flames, who are the supporters here on Twitch over on YouTube. Uh, thank you so much for keeping this Community's flames bolstering greater week after week. Special shout out to my Kofi supporters, uh, Radiant Core member Zod. Much love, homie. Really appreciate that support. Okay, everyone. We've got some things on the agenda, but if you uh, want to show this show some love, you can go over to our pinned post on Twitter at Ashes Pathfinder right there. Pinned at the top, you will see all of the places for the podcast and audio format, video format over on YouTube, all the things. And if you go to iTunes specifically, give us some love, five stars, and then leave us a comment. The comment will be read right here live. Can't guarantee it'll be the next week because I don't check it every week, but pretty, pretty soon after it's there, we'll definitely be reading it here on the show. Um, everyone, nothing in the bell bag today. You can shoot something over to ashespathfinder at gmail.com, and uh, we will... Uh, read that here on the show as well. So if you've got any thoughts for any of the podcast members, the ones on the round table, any questions, any good vibes you want to share, it's a great place to do it. Feel free to do that over on uh, Discord too, which is discord.gg forward slash some more. We've got a Ashes Pathfinder channel specifically for the podcast. And of course, we've got an Ashes of Creation channel and updates for Ashes HQ. All right. So today's namesake, right? We are... Uh, talking about lore masters and uh, why is that relevant today well friends uh, shout out to alfina which is one of our curators over on ashes hq we are now starting to compile and gather uh topics related to lore with ashes of creation we've talked about a lot of different aspects of the lore for ashes as we know it thus far over the years and we are now compiling pages that will be beneficial we're going to start doing some videos as we talked about um this week we should have them going up so i got a request right it is a community curated website after all so if you're a lore master you consider yourself someone who loves lore you love to deep dive into that stuff you love to know everything about the world in the game that you play then i am hollering at you specifically i'm going to be relying on you all to help us to ensure that the lore is accurate between now and when the game launches it'll be a lot easier to ensure that the lore uh, topics are 
accurate when the game launches but between now and then you can help but you can also do that when it comes to the other pages so if you consider yourself a lore master you love lore um then as we are continuing to compile it if you see anything that looks out of place please 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 don't be shy hit me up on D a dm and discord or you know drop something in those channels i talked about on discord it would be greatly great greatly appreciated also we have forum channels and stuff you can talk about over on the hq as well so feel free to post some things there as well but gentlemen why don't you uh why don't you kind of catch me up on what's been going on for you this week? I know we don't have like a ton in the way of Ashes of Creation news, but why don't we catch up a little bit in the past week, see how everybody's been doing. Uh, just for me, I mean, it'll be a quick one, not much to report. Just been really focused at work and a lot going on there. So I haven't really had a chance to dig myself out to do anything other than this podcast. So I'm looking forward to good discussion today. That's that's mine. Right on. What about you, Armourcell? Um, also not a lot, but I, I've recently got back into playing Slime Rancher. I really wanted to get, try and get the perfect game for that one because I really enjoyed it. And then I yeah. dropped it for some reason. I couldn't remember why. I'll be diving head, head first into that. Hold on. Yeah, no, we were doing our, uh, we had a community night actually on Friday. I know Daedalus wasn't able to make it. We were doing, um, we're doing a smite night. I think, I think we're going to probably play that again this week after, well, yeah, this, this Friday. Yeah. If you don't know everybody. Um, the developers just so happen to be doing the developer uh, live stream, which is going to be this Friday, January 27th at 11 a.m. Pacific. We'll do our usual Ashes post show. And then actually right after that, we're going to roll right into Smite for the rest of the night. And uh, if you are interested in joining for a community night, it's a mobile game. It's usually what five and a group um but it's free to play y'all are more than welcome to join us if you'd like to get to know some of the other community members here uh, we had a really fun time last time although daedalus you were missed man i was going there were a few times where i was like man i'd give anything to hear daedalus running around confused and trying to figure stuff out just like potentially having a drink that would have been a it would have been a good time but uh alas hashtag called out right now i get it i get it <laughs> <laughs> it was good dude when we did paragon yes, you, were all you know honestly if i did join it probably would have been a hundred times worse because i was really? dog ass tired get, get me just like one drink and you would have been like I think we need to end this stream because it's against the TOS. <laughs> You're like, be like, oh shit, everybody, man. What's going on? Hey, motherfucker. You're like, uh oh, we're starting to get into the obscenities. But all right, man, this just got got a U turn happening. Uh, <laughs> so you're welcome for me not doing that on the stream, dude. I don't probably join, but I might join this 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 weekend. Yeah. Hell oh, yeah! It's like, it's, it's like six AM for me, man. But like, I'll I'll, I'll jump on. Oh my gosh, dude! I'm not the live stream anyway, so yes, right. dude. Uh, you you're gonna hear it now. Making a commitment. I'll I'll join. I'll figure yes, it out. Yes, dude. Oh my god! <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Dude, it's so fun that game, dude. It's I like it. I've played it for years, man. I think like 2014 or something like that. Um, but it, I was like, I was like, well, I need to jump in here and do this because it's like Battleground of the Gods. So it's it's really like if you enjoy like mythology and stuff, like there's like a lot of us that do, then it's just kind of a good vibe because that's sort of like the aesthetic. And uh yeah, Zod was actually getting pretty good with some characters. Brown Rice was. Um, who else would we have in there? It was uh Frostad was there. Um I'm, I feel like I'm missing somebody. We had a party of five for a while there. Oh, a loud sound was there too. Yeah, was a, we had a full group for a little bit. So, um, 
Yeah, it was it was fun though, man. We had some, and we ended on a win too, which was even even more fun, um, as we were all sort Sweet. of like, yeah, it was really fun too. So I'm trying to I'm trying to lo- learn the the big uh, Jormagonder or whatever his name is, the the world serpent from Norse mythology, because that someone played that character and just like Jesus spanked the shit out of us. Was carrying their team one match, and I was like, oh my gosh, so. Yeah, it was really fun. I, I may or may not have been running around as a rogue character. Uh, can't confirm or deny that, but uh, yeah, I guess I guess I can confirm I played Loki. Oh, but man, and I missed that. Yeah, oh, you the, did. The Dark Overlord <laughs> quips would have been real there, man. Hey, someone posted. I think someone who was the posted it. Oh, Zod posted it in Discord. In was it general chat? Yeah, on Friday at seven twenty. If you go up there, he 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 made sure to like show off like the the skin that i had which was agent of darkness and he put a little box around it with an arrow and just dropped it in there he didn't say anything he just dropped it in there and and some part of me felt like that was for you all uh i was like really god my man, my man. <laughs> like, <laughs> when you're watching the vod here if you're not on my man <laughs> i'm telling you man it yeah. was a good time though and it, it really was so everyone's welcome we, we do five person groups but we always tend to have people that jump in play for a while and then have to dip and then people that jump in a little later too so it tends to work to to cycle there's no true dark lord stuff in chat that's ridiculous um, but it's going to be Smite by High Res Studios. It's free to play. We're playing it via Steam for the most part. So feel free to download it. Check it out with us on Friday. Jump on in and let, we'll have some fun. We might even do a custom match or something like that if if need be. If we get enough people. Sure. Is yeah. that like the title that you got for winning the game? Or like what, what, what made no, you get the that Dark Lord? That was a skin. That was the name of the skin that I had. So you've got skins for the different ones. And that one was like all like... Yeah. Um, also, by choice, you picked that by choice. Gotcha. Oh, great! Just, 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 checking, just checking. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so you weren't subjected to it. It was, uh, a, it was a decision. Yes, I chose it. And it felt fucking good. Oh. Uh, <laughs> in game, in game, not like actual. Yeah, not actual. Like as a human, that's the thing y'all gotta realize. Yeah is there's a difference between who you are in the game as your character and and who you are as a human being with your own morals and you know ethics and things like that which you know anyway i've been i guess for me i play god of war dude i I realized i was playing that last week man that game is so good dude it delivers in spades just like the old ones did um Mm -hmm. i've been writing happy with my writing it's coming along great i'm super stoked about that um i got some i'm i got some points for us to talk about today though okay so everyone we talked about the fact the ashes development stream is coming up friday there's the link to the forums your questions got to be in by wednesday this week by 11 a.m pacific wednesday if you want to get them in there no guarantee they'll add or you know they'll actually answer everyone's but you have got a chance so there you go. Um, for those of you who will be with us here on the post show, I'll be seeing you then. But I got some questions. I looked at some of the people's comments on there. I looked at some things that, well, I mean, Armored Cell actually brought up a really good point, something that came from the Ashes of Creation on Facebook. And then some other topics on there that I thought would be worthwhile to discuss in regard to the upcoming dev stream. Just some things to think about. Some of these are going to hit on, uh, 
you know, sort of where they had development. I know we, we get back to this, but when we look at like deliverables, I, you know, I, I'm a proponent of ashes. Yes. Right. Am I going to be critical when I think there are some misses? Absolutely. It's going to be constructive criticism though. Right. So keep in mind everything we do on the show, we don't shill. We don't white knight. We, we, we share our honest perspectives and opinions, but we try to keep it constructive. We've got some criticisms and I do have criticisms. When I look at last year, as much as there were a lot of like deliveries that really did hit the, hit the mark, in the grand scheme of things, there were also some pretty strong misses from my perspective. Things that I think that were like, it's kind of a problem that you you kind of missed on some of this stuff over the entire course of the year. That's concerning, right? Am I concerned for the game? No, it's gonna it's gonna be developed. It's doing great. It's clearly moving forward, as evidenced by every damn developer stream they post. But when I see certain things that are misses, I'm going, what's going on that we're missing on these things that you are telling people to expect that you're going to be doing soon, soon being a few months, a quarter of the year is a, a relatively, I think pretty lenient, uh, sort of frame of reference for when they say soon, at least I think so. It's just my opinion. Um, but there definitely are some things that are misses that have continued to be misses. And as we're going to alpha two, it does pose the question where are they actually at? And even though we see a lot of evidence that supports that they could be further along, there's also evidence that supports they could not be as far along as we think. And so it's, you know, I'm putting this out there ahead of time. Real talk. It is genuinely hard to tell, but we're going to talk about some of our rationale around where we think we're at, why or why not constructive criticism for the team if they hear this because we got nothing but love for them and we're, we're here either way right come hell or high water ashes is the mmorpg i'm waiting on man and that i accept no substitute at this point let's be real i ain't got time for it so ain't going anywhere either way but why don't we dig in on this one okay in regard to the lore right when we look at the sto story so far today's Shows called Lore Masters, and I made the, you know, my appeal to the people that are out there who are consider themselves Lore Masters and lovers of lore. Um, when we look at the lore of the game, and we know that they want to ensure that that is delivered via your experience as much as possible. So to expect a lot of the lore ahead of time, it's not a realistic expectation, is it? Um, no. But... I do wonder if there's anything people feel like in regard to lore is important that should be covered before launch that maybe isn't so far that they could be doing. Some examples could be, you know, related to creatures, uh, related to spells, related to the thing they've talked about before, uh, class fantasy. Um, how does that fit in the world? I, I think a great example of that to me is make some sense out of why the word tank works in your world. Right. Because it's one of the things in terms of like just a class or an archetype that's gotten criticism for good reason. Tank has predominantly always been a role, not a class or archetype in an MMORPG. Um, and so for that reason, it's always been one of the things you can make it work. But how does that work in your world, in this fantasy world? That's one of those small things that when you look at lore, I do have a question about like make sense of how tank works in this world. And it's not a role. It's actually a, you know, an archetype. Um, 
But I'm curious if you guys have any thoughts. Um, we could hit on the ancients. We could hit on the religion. We could hit on a lot of different things. There's a very broad question, but I'd like to know if there's any things for you, you know, for you all that stands out. And same to you all in chat if you're if you're here now or watching later. Would love to know. I mean, personally, I think maybe the way I look at the the tank discussion, right, in terms of it being what they've laid out as an archetype, I kind of think of it about like those movies that are period pieces and somebody messes up and there's like a cell phone or a watch in there. That's kind of how I feel about that in terms of how jarring it is from a, like a lore perspective, because there's no, like, it doesn't feel like it fits. So I agree with you there. As far as things that I'd like to know about like lore wise um, prior to launch um, or close to launch, I would like to know more about the major gods like and who they are, because I feel like that's going to be potentially a choice. Maybe not a character creation, but I know some games do that, but eventually, like as a progression path, I think you would at least need to know like the gods that are there from a major perspective in the Pantheon. Um, I'll distinguish that from like minor gods or demigods that potentially could be in the lore that I don't necessarily, I don't say, I'm, I don't want to say I don't care, but I don't necessarily feel like that's important to share ahead of time. That might be ancillary stuff you hear as you're exploring the world, you find a random book or a breadcrumb or something, and you learn more about maybe the background behind this demigod's relationship to the, to the God or goddess or what have you. Um, I don't want to necessarily know like everything about the Pantheon, but at least like enough where it's, it's painting some sort of con conceptual picture. Um, I think class fantasy is another one. Um, they did kind of hint at that with the archetypes with the Kickstarter, but I, I definitely feel like we should know upfront, like more about the progression and what like, eventually like somebody that chooses a fighter and splits off into those other options what that means just from a mechanics perspective and what they envision the role to be because i don't think that's spoiling anything that's helping you pick something based on your play style um those would be like the major ones i mean when i think of skills attached to it i also include spells um and i think we probably need to know again like the basics of how progression works in other things like crafting, like the Mariner system and so on. Like those are going to be things that you would want to kind of put on a wiki um, to be able to get people oriented. Again, not like every nook and cranny, but at least enough where people understand the point of said system or role or whatever. Um, those are kind of things that I would say, but I agree with you. It's not realistic to know like a lot of information and personally my preference is i'd rather not know a lot of information i just want to know the starting point the first 10 steps the first 15 minutes right whatever um so that i know okay this is going to set the tone of what choices i potentially will make at the start because that's going to evolve over time as you learn more but still it gives you at least enough orientation to the game that you're not lost the start with the orgy of choice yeah i like that so 
obviously people are going to expect me to go for religion, right? But um, so I think religion is going to be more of a discoverable, discoverable, uh, discoverable thing. Um, obviously, uh, what my interpretation is with the um, what the I just want to know what the general knowledge is. With like, obviously, we're in the sanctus at the moment, mm-hmm. so I want to know like what what are the politics there currently? What what do we currently know about like I want to, if I was in that world, what do I know about the before times? What like before the the fall, like mm-hmm. um, who was the like the mayor? Like just the general knowledge of like just sort of like the history. I guess you would say, like, I don't want to know anything that we, like, in the new Vera that we don't know anything about as such. I want to know, what do your characters currently know in Sanctus? What do they currently, like, is there currently a leader there? Who sent you back? Like, mm-hmm. these, these are sort of things that are general knowledge questions, not not too deep into war, but enough to sort of build around the the idea of what this world is about. And what your character thinks this world is about. Even if your uh, what they give us for general knowledge for before the fall does not completely match up, and like, mm-hmm. hang on, we're we're told this thing, it yeah. actually turns out it was this thing because it was might be this was a long time since that happened. So maybe some of the history might have been manipulated, changed, altered. Who knows? Um, but if we discovered like our history isn't. 100% accurate, that's fine by me, but at least we want to know what we thought it was before we left. Yeah. What the, um, work, what the working, like, baseline of information is for the people. Yeah. yeah. Like, for, for example, you know, like, gravity's a thing. Like, yeah, basic, yeah. basic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like, magic's going to be new, right? Because there's no... Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't believe we're using magic in Sanctus. Nope. Is no, so no I magic. Got, I, but I would like to know like what our techno like our technology wise was based on. Like, are we still medieval? Are we are we using flintlock? Like, I don't know. But I would like to know sort of what stage we were at and what the uh, social dynamics was in that environment. Um, with the tank thing, I completely agree. It is. It just it doesn't feel right. It, it feels like this whole subcategory of role like everyone's always said tank as a role and it's always a bit of a it's like when you look at all the classes or all the archetypes and you see tank it's just like hang on is this this is a placeholder or like is this going to change like that's sort of how it feels for me this just uh personally um but that's where i sort of sit with the with the tank scenario as well like I, I do feel like it needs to have a different name, but once that could just be my opinion. Like yeah. everyone else might, but I feel like there's quite a lot of people that also feel the same way. I don't know if it's majority, but I know there's a, a lot. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. more than I think they than they really realize because I think they've seen people bring it up, but I don't think they've actually, you know, just sort of like seen like the consensus like as it is in conversations in different places yeah. because that doesn't always happen. Um, you know, on the forums, for example, or it is, you know, and then how much of that are you able to track when they're doing a live stream, developer live stream, right? Um, but yeah, and I know I've asked about that before as well. I think the tank's a really good reference today too, because why? It's the one thing we're expecting to see uh, feedback on 
this coming Friday, right? We got to see the cleric before the end of the year, what they kind of adjusted, what they what they've changed, etc. As being the third sort of like variation of skills that they've done, um, and this will be the third variation of tank skills as well that they're showing off as like, hey, look at what we're doing with the tank. Not to say that they're not iterating upon it because that's clearly what they're doing, but this is another period where they're going, hey, check out what we've what we're kind of going for with the tank. They've done that two other times already, so uh, you know at that from that perspective, like, I don't know. It just does make you wonder a lot of questions. I think about it. Um, I personally didn't care for the tank in alpha one. I felt like it kind of had a, a bit more agency in alpha zero personally. Um, I felt that way about the cleric too, though, to be fair. So I didn't really care a whole lot for the alpha one cleric either with the castigation thing. That was like strange to me. Um, so Daedalus is looking for his opportunity, man. I'm telling you, he's just no, no. I was actually like, I was joking. I was wanted to make a joke about the whip thing. It's okay, like, you know, I, I, I did not have any experience with the tank, so I can't comment on it. Fair, but I found like as a player who doesn't play like healing classes, I found the cleric very fun. However, yeah. I did find the cleric very uptuned yeah. in comparison to other more DPS focused classes. Not, I mean, mm -hmm. and I played the mage as well. So I think there was definitely, um, there was definitely maybe some potential balancing there, but I don't know that that was, I mean, that wasn't the point of that particular test. So be interested to see um, the tank now, because I just knew it just from like watching how other people played it. So I'd be curious to see. And if it's something that I'd want to jump into, because I kind of yeah. did the cleric on a whim and I really mm -hmm. enjoyed it. But yeah. I don't know how much of that was the survivability that was a little it like provided. Yeah. yeah, I think it's well, fair. My interpretation of that would be like, but it'd be better to overtune and undertune during testing. And I'll fair. give you a reason why, right? If you overtune it, and it's very fun to do, but it's also a bit broken. More people are going to play it, and we have more testing opportunity and more uh, more feedback. Oh, yeah. Whereas if you undertune, less people are going to use it, and you're going to have less feedback. So it's going to be easier to tune down, and it's going to be tuning up. Yeah. That's just my like. You can easily just tune it down quickly if you got too much feedback. Mm -hmm. But if, if you that that's my interpretation of it. Like overtuning is probably mm -hmm. better for testing. Maybe not for a live game, but for definitely right. testing it for me. That poor tank didn't get a damn bit of love in Alpha One. I'm telling you, it was just kind of. I actually enjoyed. Um, I, I didn't feel like the cleric was really. It was definitely like strong, and you could self heal, and you could kind of almost tank with him too, and kind of like just do a bunch of stuff. But I actually felt, in terms of fluidity and combat, that the mage like felt really good. Like I, I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I felt like I had a lot of mobility. Um, it, the skills all felt really good. They just the damage output was kind of crappy for them. But from a gameplay perspective, I actually enjoyed the mage the most because I felt like I could, you know, jump around, cast my spells, like you know, be spell chucking and doing my thing. And the wand in hand, you know, I was like, man, I got all these options, and it just didn't do a lot of damage compared to like the cleric. Um, but the cleric definitely gave me a sense of like. Oh man, okay. So I can see how augmenting with the cleric archetype later to like the tank could end up making this cool paladin vibe. 
Um, so it was interesting. But then there was also like so much missing for the cleric that we saw in Alpha Z Alpha Zero. I think the cleric by far had the biggest difference in skills compared to the other two. At least that was my take on it, having played them all and having played them all in Alpha Zero as well. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see what they're doing different with the tank and and if potentially we'll get a little bit more of an elaboration on the synergies i'd love to see them explain sooner than later uh why the word tank works in the world and wouldn't be identified in game by characters etc as a role like rash to me that's important right like how did they come up with the word tank every other archetype to me from a fantasy perspective i can see characters and people in the world coming up with tank is the one i can't because that is a player identifier right not usually it's not one i've ever seen the characters in the game identify as being like a class or an archetype so there's like a rationale in there that I think is important to connect. And I'd like to see it. I'd like to see him do that sooner than later. Um, and I think that uh, the, the archetype showcase again is a good opportunity to do that. Um, but I'm also hoping to see a little more elaboration on synergies and that kind of transitions into the next point, which is, uh, you know, wouldn't, and this again, everybody here in chat, everybody watching later, listening when you catch this show, and obviously gentlemen here on the round table, um, knowing that the, that the tank is coming up and that they're going to be showcasing it and that people are going to be able to not only preview it, but compare it and give feedback. What are some things you maybe are looking for with the tank, hoping to see, et cetera. Uh, I could tell you mine is I'm hoping we get what I talked about with the name. I probably won't, but more specifically, I'm hoping to see further elaboration on synergies, which they brought up when they showcased the cleric, because while they talked about it and did give a bit of an example, I didn't feel that we got really a very deep example and elaboration when they talked about the cleric. So I'm hoping we'll get a little bit more of that through the tank. But what about what about you guys? Yeah, I would agree. I'd like to know more about the synergy piece because it did feel like we got a drive by on that. Um, personally. I'd like to see more of the battlefield control aspect of it. Um, Cause we, what we talked about in previous podcasts is like where some games just lean on the damage portion of a tank. Uh, well, let me take that back. Lean on the damage portion. That isn't necessarily something that I perceive as a tank function. So I would really like to see like how from a class fantasy perspective, they're, handling the battlefield control aspect of it um that would be most interesting to me because that was when i did play tanks in previous games that was the part that i actually enjoyed the most was trying to be aware of everything that was going on and having certain skills that i could leverage to control the fight and lead the fight as opposed to maybe you know the support classes that had different functions in order to move the party forward so uh, and especially like you said around this whole stagger stun thing 
how does the tank fit into that? Uh, and what is it just like that synergy or are there more that they're able to share now that they've workshopped enough where it's something that they want to start getting feedback on? Yeah, um, how I feel about this, what I think. Uh, I So there's two possible things. So with the cleric, they brought up the, uh, was it Retribute? Uh, what was the, um, what was their new resource that they had? They had, um, it was like a, it was like a power buff. Um, like was, anyway, um, with the tank, I'm wondering if they're going to be bringing the, um, the active blocking. Hmm. That would be an interesting conversation. I think that'll get um that'll get uh yeah. they'll definitely stir up some debate. This is muted, <laughs> hey, sorry, my bad. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I was trying to listen to you. I was like, hang on, wait, is, is am I told? It was like, yeah, for a, then I, I had a moment I was looking at the screen, I'm like, is he talking? Because yeah. I, I don't want to be rude. No, it's cool. Yeah, um, I was freaking out. So but yeah, like what what I was saying was uh Magisto did bring that up in chat and yeah, that's that's one of the things we've been hitting on quite a bit, I think, in the past month or so. And mm. it's a, it's a this is a big topic for me, the blocking. Um, the tank is probably like the one I would see them doing it with. But I'm I have my concerns about blocking. Right. I, I think that you veer too much into action, predominantly action orientation in a game and i don't see as much of a hybrid system if you do that um mm-hmm. also uh, in a, there are games i've played where this has been problematic because there are you know there's there's calculations that have to go back and forth between the game and you on your client right and that can sometimes cause especially in large scale combat scenarios you can have issues with like lag and like you know delay and things like that in combat and that's like one of the things you really don't want um, and people are going, oh, but, you know, Ashes is doing something. It, it remains to be seen, okay? It wasn't something we saw them talking about. I'm personally against it. I don't think there should be active blocking in the game. I don't want to see active blocking in the game personally. I think it'll probably cause more problems than, than it'll be beneficial. Um, there's a lot of ways to implement block for archetypes where it makes sense. A tank is one that makes sense or any potential off tank situation. But I'd rather see off tank scenarios where you've got augmentation involved. That being what is a driving factor, right? Things like absorption are really fun and and to play with too. And that can work differently than blocking, right? But blocking to me is more of a physical, physical damage mitigation thing, right? Uh, You look at it primarily for tanks, right? Obviously you can have this, this, that, Right, this this stat or you know uh, there for other archetypes and classes as well. I just I don't know the active blocking is something I'd want to see. And if you're gonna do it and you're gonna be bringing that question up, I hope you've got a good example of what that's gonna look like um, and how it's gonna make sense in a hybrid system. Um, I, to me, I, I wouldn't want it. I I personally don't like that everybody in some of the games I played can block actively block. It's like I don't know. I just don't like it. It's my personal preference. Um, yeah. But, but the, if you were to go see a block, it would be on the tank, wouldn't it? 
Yeah. Yeah, with a big sure. shield popping up or, you know, in a way that makes sense somehow, because it's a physical damage mitigator. Um, whereas like absorption bubbles and things like that can be like magic damage mitigators or, you know, something something like that. That's why I believe they're gonna show they might, that's why I believe they're probably gonna show up this um this week. God, I mean, I hope so. I mean, be prepared for me to be pretty rough on it if it looks horrible, because I will. Yeah, I second that, um, honestly. And I was like, I was in my mind, I was thinking, well, how can they make it work just just to be open? And like, maybe they'll do something that'll surprise me. But I was thinking, well, maybe you just have a number of charges that you have. And and definitely, I agree with everybody can't do it. That was something that was such a dissatisfier for me in Guild Wars 2. They did, I would say, a decent amount of things right. But that like everything everybody can do everything like design was just so flipping boring it didn't feel like there were certain like uniqueness to the characters but when you have skills that everyone has that doesn't allow characters to maybe stand out as relevant or needed that does not sit well with me but as far mm-hmm. as the act of blocking like maybe they can do you can block up to i don't know two times and it has like a long charge period and you can maybe do those for like really big damage things so it's almost like a cooldown as opposed to like something that you can hold on to and take a beating and it's going to either mitigate x amount of percentage of damage or block something entirely i kind of feel like that's the way i would handle active blocking but that still isn't like an action way of doing it it's still almost like a uh it's leaning more towards the hybrid and or tab target type of combat because you're pressing mm-hmm. a skill and activating it and then it's done for a period of time. So that's the way I would perceive it working. Uh, but I, I, I'm not, like I said, I'm I'm not necessarily optimistic that it's going to be something that I will likely enjoy in the game because I don't necessarily play tanks. And I just remember when they had the active blocking in APOC. And I think they had the stamina bar. And that that was rough. Like back and forth in terms of the ways they tweaked it. I never felt like they found a sweet spot for that stamina piece. Mm. Um, and so I'd be um, interested in how they handle that. And also... Um, we haven't, I mean, we haven't really heard about like the dodge roll aspect or maybe exactly. missing it, but right. we haven't heard that. And that's like another similar, yep. I wouldn't say argument, but similar like thing. Are we, are we going to do an active dodge roll or are we going to, um, you know, is, is there going to be that aspect of it? How do you avoid telegraphs? Is it just plain moving your ass out the way or is, do you need to be able to do a dodge roll? And yeah. how does that work? Because they have that in APOC too. Yeah, some games have it to where every class or archetype has that. But this is the thing, right? If you're gonna have active blocking, this is a this is a good arguing point, right? I, I like the art that's brought this up in chat too. He was bringing up the fact that like if everybody can do this, it kind of like you know you get this concern that like it can kind of go against class fantasy like each archetype or class like actually bringing something to the table you start to homogenize it that's absolutely one of my arguing points as well and here's the thing right so if you were to have everybody having active blocking here's the thing right well 
this logic would be like problematic because well remember when they talked about dodge rolling being in the game and how it's not gonna be for everybody it's gonna be for the classes where it makes sense okay if that's the logic i feel like that logic should apply similarly to something like active blocking okay right because they said like a rogue or a ranger something like that a roll dodge makes sense it wouldn't make sense for somebody like a cleric Okay, cool. Because I get that, right? Um, a mage isn't gonna ro- like roll dodge. A mage does have blink, so you got a mobility skill in place of something like a roll dodge, where it would make sense for a ranger or a rogue or something like that. Like that, that logic vibes for me. I get that, um, but I, I didn't hear them bring that up for blocking, active blocking either. So then I kind of go, right. th- it feels like a disconnect there to me somewhere. Or, or we're just not getting a piece of this, um, you know, grand scheme of things that it would make sense for me. I think, yeah, I could get into the arguing points on why I think this could be problematic all day, but those are, I think, great points. They might have meant to mention it, and they just didn't. True. That, that could be a possibility. It could be like True. there is active blocking, and then they, they just left it at that, where it's right. like there's active blocking for tanks. Yeah, but that part wasn't something they talked about. And it's very sure. possible because that could have been a topic to bring up because they knew they were going to show it with tanks where maybe it is applicable. So, yeah, it's uh, definitely, yeah, you, you talk about wanting to get Steven on here. I totally feel you on that. Um, I can't say anything. I don't think we'll be seeing him on here, but I do think you'll be seeing him. Never mind. There is something coming up. Okay, I'll just say that there is something coming up. No, there is something coming up. I just don't know exactly how that's going to go yet. And it's not far off. I'd say 30 days or so, unless things change. Yeah, because I was never told not to share that. I was never told not to share that. I was just told that. I need a haircut. That's why I need to. Yeah. Yeah, you and me both. But it's not. But it's not Stephen coming on this show. But it's in that ballpark, as far as I know. I know I'm the worst, right? But people are like, "How can you keep? How can you like? You know, not like spoil something, and also like not tell people something." This is how you do it, right, everybody? Just saying. I've had a lot of practice. <laughs> you know how I know you're a dark overlord. Oh, I knew this was gonna happen, dude. <laughs> what? What is it? What is your logic? Tell me. Well, you just this right Don't here. Clip this. This, Don't clip this. this evil. This the evil teasing that it's occurring right now. Because I'm I mean, enjoying it. Seriously, you're 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 playing with my emotions. You you know how as Good. a bard yeah. how sensitive I am. Good. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. Mm. With all Dark this overlord confirmed. Shit, Thank you. you all give Appreciate me. You. <laughs> no. This is probably going. <laughs> you evil little wow! Look at I'm like good, good, it did good for all the times I get this nonsense. Force chokes what? <laughs> okay, okay. Where are we going with this? Does anybody have any other thoughts? I've got another bullet point. I right know here. where I went, but I guess <laughs> yeah. we're, we're going off of that topic. <laughs> oh man, dude. Um, <laughs> Sorry, not sorry. I mean, look, anybody who's been around, I've teased people for years. This shouldn't be a surprise, but it comes, it comes from a good place for you all. Cause I know something good's coming and I'm not even like breaking any NDAs or anything. 
it's information I can totally share. I wasn't told not to, but I also didn't. I'm also not telling you what it is. So there you go. That damn gray area where people just go, what is happening? And there's the clip. I hope you're happy. Okay. Next point. And I think these are good points with the tank, right? So I, I, we're going to be doing this post show on Friday, right after the development stream. We'll probably do the watch party too, because people have actually, we've had pretty good watch parties. We'll do the watch parties. We'll do the post show. We'll chat questions. We'll take it. We'll, we'll apply that to obviously the upcoming um, next podcast we do. Cause we always take topics and things that come up during that, you know, post show and, People have like big, strong points they want to talk about. We talk about it um, on the podcast the following Sunday. But um, and good old Skylark gets us them damn points so we can get them up there in written format, too. Um, but the next discussion point, and I saw people talk about this going back to that cleric period. You remember during the cleric period, we actually had a showcase of the astrological sort of constellations up in the sky, right? And that was all we really got, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. But the question people were posing is, is like, you know, are there going to be astrological events? Perhaps stuff related to meteor showers or blood moons or eclipses and are those types of things going to have an impact on gameplay saw that on there and i'm actually hoping that that's one of the questions for the next dev stream that actually does get answered as well along with active blocking off obviously but what do you guys think actually i'm really curious about this system mm -hmm. if i'm being honest um because we, we've had other event systems in games, you know, where like they'll do like, I know, Halloween stuff and other that. But I would be interested to see like how subtle or overt like things like meteor showers, blood moon, mm -hmm. eclipses, constellations, like mm -hmm. how that all works, how, how they play into potential like pop up events, like for rituals and stuff and yeah. like looking how looking up into the sky is it just like a pretty skybox or is there something more there too? So I feel like they've teased a lot that there's, there's some importance to this mm -hmm. and that's why they've spent so much time with it. But I don't know. I feel like it's still like very open for theory crafting for me, but I would love to see that events are, um, have some sort of, um, connection to ast astrological or astronomical events um mm -hmm. because i do feel like i mean just in our world right there's aspects of stars in the sky that relate to mythology mm -hmm. i kind of feel like that's the way they're potentially going with the ast astronomical stuff as well because they hinted at that already yeah, with what they, they showed with the day and night cycle mm-hmm yeah like there's so much to like whether it's a maybe certain plants might bloom during certain uh astrological events or even i remember like some cartoon shows uh had like uh when the planets aligned or unlock like a, a like a mythical 
uh, cage that locked up like a demigod or something, and they finally was able to break free. So that's what where my brain was going. Where like if the planets aligned, like made like enough energy coming down to the beam of light to unlock something. Um, but the fact that you have to look up for certain things makes you think there's obviously going to be something going on up there. What it could be is God knows anything. Could could be from from crafting, from um, power boost to anything really. Like mm-hmm. there's just so much unknown about it. Um, but I would love to know more about it because that once again that's another feature of the game that we have very little information on. Yeah, and you know, of course, we've got that crazy moon up there that we're all itching to know what the hell's going on, right? There were like, what, three moons I think we saw? And one of them's like yeah. busted up and has like that red aura to it. And I'm like, oh, shit, there's stuff going on there. That was, I mean, it's definitely something I'm curious about as well. Um, but there was a, I saw a topic in chat about, you know, are we going to see something come you know in the way of a answer on alpha 2 I, I wouldn't expect it um but going back to that ama that we had uh, a while back remember someone was actually had actually brought up a point in the comments on you know the questions you can ask for this dev stream coming up and i saw that and i was like that was a really good point to make because They said during the AMA, which was in October, that Stephen had actually mentioned spot testing in the next few months. Remember that? Remember how at the beginning of the show I said there were deliverables that they've been missing on? For example, character creator in the hands of the players. They said in the next few months, at the early part of last year, that didn't happen. Talked about consistent, uh, uh, you know, uh, creative director's letters. Those have not been happening for over a year now. They talked about last year we were going to be getting consistent um, posts up on about the game development topics. We didn't get that consistently either like they had talked about. So there were there are things that have been absolute misses for last year. And one of them was the AMA talking about spot testing the next few months. We even speculated around here that maybe we'd be seeing around the end of the year, right? Well, here we are coming up on the middle of January. We didn't hear anything about it at the end of last year, nothing about it so far, as far as people know. And, you know, I think it's an important topic, right? Like there are things that continue to be misses. I'm not saying, hey, we should be doing spot testing if they're not ready for it. No, I'm not of that mind whatsoever. In fact, if you're not there, don't don't even do it. Wait till you're ready. Obviously, quality is more important to me. Um, but when you say a few months, we're not hitting those markers on that stuff, right? People are wondering if they've finally gotten upgraded to 5.1 or not. You know, how long is that process taking? Is it putting things behind it all? Um, yeah, I mean, there's things like the, the news post, the deliverables around like, uh, Look, nodes three. No, I'm. I know. I know. I know. But it has been a long time, right? And even that was actually something they hinted at delivering quite some time back. They didn't give us a date, but they did say expect it to be sort of soon. It's been like a year or two, 
or maybe more or something with that one, I think. So I don't know, man. Thoughts on that stuff? Uh, what about the diary? Wasn't we meant to get like during that um yeah, Deb Diaries? Last, yeah, get lost. Mm -hmm. No, not Deb Diary, the um the law part of um Julius Diary. Yeah, that's the one. There was meant to be a third part that we were going oh, to Oh right. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. She said, oh, um, I remember the main saying, oh, we will be doing that, but we need to do some adjustments or something. I was like, okay, cool. I'll, oh, I'll wait for that. And yeah. you didn't hear anything else. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's another good point. I mean, brainstorm it, right? I think this is like an important thing to talk about because I'm, I totally get not setting any dates or anything, but I don't know, man. I think this might be something they need to might need to reel back on. Stop saying some of these things if you're not going to deliver. Because the Dev Diaries was something that Margaret said we were going to be getting last year consistently, and that never happened either. So, yeah, it might be a it might be a, a good recommendation to sort of like kind of kind of maybe maybe don't say you know we're gonna we plan to do this in the next few months if you're not going to be doing it at all in that period of time. Yeah. 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 Um, well, truth be told, that's a pretty loose time frame. Yeah. So, you know, I, I know people are thirsty mm -hmm. right now. I myself am one of those very thirsty people. But, um, but I do agree. Getting visibility the road to the roadmap has always been challenging. I think early on, they were quite definitive, and I think they didn't know enough to put forward dates that were achievable. Because they were just fair. learning. Yeah, it's fair. Um, but now, I mean, I would expect they're a little more able to be a little more precise and can at least say, like, even like Q1, Q2, so on, right? It doesn't have to be like, you know, May 15th. Uh, but still, I feel like that has been a consistent ask. And they did share a roadmap at one point, but because they got, I don't, know, I don't know if I'd say burn, but because they put something out there and there was a lot of negative feedback when there were misses on that specific timeline, now they've gone to caution. And I don't know if there's an overcorrection aspect of that that's happening now, which is why they haven't released it until you know, it, it's much closer. Cause like, if I remember correctly, when we did the alpha one, it was like a month or so before it actually came out that they were saying, Hey, we're going to do this. And that was like really close to it. So I expect we'll get an announcement. I don't expect it's going to be this stream. Right. But I would say maybe like at least announcing spot testing I would say March at the earliest. Yeah. I mean, I'd be, I'd be fine with that too, by the way. But um, yeah, I mean, Alfina and chat brought up the Tolnar stuff and I was like, Oh my God, I forgot about that too. Yeah, you're right. They did bring up showcasing that. And then Magista brought up another one, which I was like, yep, that's another point. That's a good point. Granted, they didn't give us a date. Right. But these are a lot of things that you're saying, like, hey, this is coming, you know, pretty soon. We got it planned. We got it put together. The discussion, remember, Margaret uh, noted about Freehold Cosmetics and having, like, something they were working on. They were planning on getting out. They they talked about that being last year, and that never happened either. So, yeah. yeah. So I do agree with you, though, right? When you, when you, 
you say we're planning on doing it soon. I can't really hold on to that. But when you say, you know, in the next couple of months, we're definitely going to be doing this and we're planning on doing this. And then there's no follow up on that. That starts to become a miss to the general you know, community. Right. right. I mean, I get you didn't give a date. So you didn't technically miss. But the overall consensus for people that are watching the game is going to be that was a miss because. Well, you said that it was something that was coming in the first place. People here a few months and they go three. I think three, because, you know, that's like more than a couple, basically. Right. Which is two. So people start to get I think like a three general, to five. I, I guess I'm a little more generous. Oh, no, I do, too. When I think a few, I think three to six or somewhere in there, because it's three or more. And that more is not really like it's not a determined number. It's no, very vague. It's. Yeah, it's not defined. It's very open. Um, so, yeah, no point am I like, oh, it'd be your opponent's time. It's like, I'm not getting really eager for it. I'm like, oh, cool, yeah. something to look forward to. And then after like half a year, you're like, hang on, that was meant to be around. Where is that? Yeah. And it's like, it starts to give you a feeling of, are they, I feel like they're not, they're not leaving behind. It's more like, are they swamped? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think they're swamped, and I think certain things just aren't making it out when they bring it up. And I think they maybe bring it up out of excitement, Steven specifically. Um, but yeah, I'm good, man. I mean, like I said, I y'all y'all hate it when I say I think it's a little further out than we think. Um, but I just genuinely do in my gut, um, and I I can't tell you that I've got tangible evidence to support it. It's just speculation. I've been pretty accurate with my speculation over the past couple of years now. Um, you know, but I'm also selfishly like, you know, I got some stuff coming up. It'd be okay if it was a little bit longer. Um, but that doesn't mean that I want the game to be coming out in like, you know, closer to 10 years or anything. Cause that sounds painful actually, when you've been waiting for it this long. Um, so don't, don't take it the wrong way. It's just, just uh, constructive feedback and criticisms. It's, important to talk about this stuff because you know when we talked about the character creator getting in the hands of the players first quarter last year and then we get through the entire year and it's never even brought up again you, you did make it seem like it was pretty soon like you know a couple months soon and then it just never happened so yeah because they specifically said get it in the hands of players and see what kind of things they come up with right so yeah some people aren't expecting alpha 2 this year i uh, I, I'm I kind of used to think maybe second quarter of this year and now I'm just not really too sure how I feel about that I, I'm almost feeling like I kind of granted I said that was my earliest earliest speculation not my own expectation there's a different thing right when people are like, when do you think it could be here? I'm like, earliest I think it could be possible is second quarter I'm starting to feel a little a little less um, confident about that being a possible early alpha two timeframe. Um, but don't ask me what I think it could be. Cause I just don't feel like at this point I have enough evidence based on what we've been seeing to feel confident about anything now. So I don't really have an ETA in my mind for anything, which is going to suck when people go, what do you think, Sim? What do you think about uh, when we could possibly see it? I'm gonna be like, I'm kind of at a place now where I'm like, I don't know, man, like, maybe summer i don't know i don't know maybe who knows it's possible well there's still two more streams that they've already confirmed that will be coming up that's the crafting and the augment yeah um, 
that was during that uh that December mm, December we talked about. So we still got those two that, mm. that are coming up. So uh what they're gonna show of augments is exciting and what they're gonna show of uh, crafting is exciting mm. as well. Uh how they're going to do the mini games and stuff, but that that alone is still like minimum two, three months because they I think they're still gonna do I might they might do another rework for mage as well if they're doing like all of them. So that way they've got mage tank uh ranger and uh cleric yeah that's fair yeah and i think that will kind of i think those types of like streams from them dev streams will definitely help help to kind of i think maybe give a little bit more of like context because the end of last year is not a good not a good uh period to really sort of like speculate around at least it never has been for me um They've had too many years to to do that, but I think the early part of this year definitely will give a, a bit of an uh, idea. I think about what I would be able to speculate. But someone had another uh, topic over there, which I want to hit on. Looking for Stephen to elaborate on the difference between being an active part of the risk side of risk versus reward versus being a griefer. What do you hear when you you? You hear that looking for Stephen to elaborate on the difference between being an active part of the risk side of risk versus reward versus being a griefer. And some of y'all are really looking forward to griefing, by the way, on YouTube. <laughs> if I see you. What do you, what no, do you hear? A, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, my interpretation of this is like, obviously like, Griefing is different to being part of the risk, right? Where if you're mm -hmm. farming and someone's going to come and kill you. Where the opportunity to kill someone and get their loot is the primary primary uh, reason, right? Whereas griefing is, I'm going to follow and try to find where he respawns at and I'm going to get him again. And then I'm going to get him again. If he respawns somewhere else, I'm going to get him again. Like, even though he's got no loot, that's what, that's what I see as griefing. Like, I'm just going to keep going after this person. Mm -hmm. um, if you're if you're killing like five different people and not all five farmers, I don't see that as griefing. I see that as you you're farming farmers. That's just my opinion on it. Yeah, I'm gonna go back to something Stephen said and has consistently said on this topic about the PvP experience and its meaningful conflict. So I think that's where he's gonna draw the line, and I think uh, Armored Cell, you hit on that pretty well in kind of what you said is the fact that if you your goal is to achieve a, achieve an objective and that objective isn't just causing people to rage quit or like emotional damage right if you're if that's not your purpose then that's like an okay activity from um steven's perspective emotional right? damage <laughs> yeah, like honestly like <laughs> the way i see a griefer a griefer gains joy by causing other people yeah. pain for pain's sake not hey they're about to attack like a tower that my you know faction owns or my guild owns and i need to stop them or there's, you know, attacking a caravan and I need to protect it or their caravan has resources that my guild and or node need. Right. So those are, in my opinion, that's meaningful conflict. 
What do you when you get to a point? Go ahead. No, oh no, I was going to say, what do you think about this example? Um, okay. Let's say, let's say I'm, I see someone farming. No, no, not me. Let's let's say you see someone farming. I see where that's going. <laughs> dark shit. You were like, let me just step away from this so that there's no connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's say you are running around and you see someone farming, and you know you're a good PvPer, and you're like running around. You know, doing your thing, you see someone farm and you're like, you know, you go by, you think nothing of it. You're like, I'm not going to kill this guy. But then you come back like an hour or two later and you see the same person still farming. And you're like, man, they, I don't think they've left this whole time. That could be a good payday if I kill them and get some, get a cut of that loot. You know, some of those resources, it could be a good payday. That is absolutely the risk versus reward, right? So then you go and you kill them. And you're like, oh, my God, I got a huge payout. They are holding so much stuff. And then you realize that person reses, comes back, and they're farming again. You're like, I wonder if they've got the – they were holding a lot of stuff still. And you kill them again, and you get a big payout, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I wonder if this person will just keep coming back and doing this. And I could keep killing them and literally make a big payday. And you kill them three or four times, and you're like, man, this is a good business, man. Like, would you consider I that griefing? I, I would consider that a gray area that it is needs definitely. to get addressed. Yeah. Yeah. I would say I would say that scenario needs to get addressed. And here's the way I would solve for it is the same way you're gonna solve for anybody getting killed over and over. And that's not necessarily gonna stop a griefer, but it's gonna stop somebody who is in it like in that scenario. Ooh, I just want more resources, right? Is you just add a diminishing returns component. If you're killing the same person over and over and they're collecting resources at some point, you're not going to get any return on that. Absolutely. Other right. than the satisfaction for killing somebody. And, and so in my opinion, that's a gray area that you need to solve for. It's not necessarily going to make or break the system. It's just a scenario that needs to play out in order for you to, or needs to play out in testing so that you can find a way to address it. Um, yeah. But in that scenario, like the motivation of the individual was never to grief. It no. was to get get loot. It's it's you know? good for so, you. It's good for your for you. Right. It's, it's a profitability thing. Yeah. Right. But but the, again, the way you curtail that type of behavior from the individual that's just in it for the meaning of it versus the griefing part of it is by diminishing returns. It's the same mm -hmm. kind of argument around, and I actually, I thought the example you were going to go for is somebody remaining in stealth and, you know, sapping mm -hmm. somebody over and over. But, you know, I guess, you know, you have experience with that, I've heard. So that's why I was thinking that's the scenario you went with. So I'm glad you went with something that was a little more in the gray side. Cash me on Smite Sat Friday. That's all I got to say. Cash me. <laughs> Cash me on my Loki. What? <laughs> yeah Sorry. yeah you're 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 agent of darkness yeah so that's hey, what the I, skin's I called not not him he's I, just low i key. see you I, yeah. I see you no lies and slander against my good name so i'm the opposite man i'm i'm the opposite i i think if you're going to go farm in a war zone and then you get killed and you keep running back to that war zone to try and farm and you keep dying i feel like you should probably move to somewhere else and farm somewhere else Learn from your past experiences. Maybe don't farm next to the big dude that's being a, a real dickhead to you. <laughs> yeah. Go to the next tree over. He keeps taking my shit. Maybe I shouldn't go back to where he's at and farm. What's that, Daedalus? You got an idea? 
I do, yeah, because I think this is to me like the diminishing return needs to happen with an individual, right? So if you have somebody that in that scenario is like, hey, I like this spot. I know it's like hyper dangerous, but I know I can get good loot here as a gatherer, for example. And there's multiple people that want to take a, you know, a bite of that apple, then yeah, more power to them. That, in my opinion, again, not griefing. There's a goal mm, there to achieve, right? Versus an individual going over and over and over, right? Because I think that's that's the differentiation here. So I agree Absolutely. with Armin Cell, right? It's a deterrent. I want a deterrent for a griefer, but also feel like there's got to be guardrails and boundaries for players to know, hmm, that might be a bad choice, but I might make bank. So right. let me see if I can balance that risk versus reward. But I just think it becomes meaningless if it's just the same person over right. and over and yeah. over. Yeah. If I was that person that was getting killed constantly, right, and I'm not fighting that person back, that person getting corruption. So what they I am doing is I'll go to I'll go there ten times, and it's on eleven <laughs> time. I'll come back with better gear, and I'll attack him, and I'll take his loot, I'll take his gear set because he's that far down now. Yeah. So I'll I'll play the long game. Or yeah. wait for him to constantly get corruption, and they will be like, "All right, he's at that point. I can now kill him. I can now take his gear, and then I'm going to be." Well, bait and switch. I see. I see. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's ways to balance that too, though. It just depends on like what your level is versus the person attacking yeah. you, and so on. But I, I, I agree with that. Um, and and the beauty of it is, if somebody's corrupted enough, you don't need to get a gear upgrade. You just need to wait for them to be like, you know completely and then you get to take their stuff and that's that's karma right there yeah right that is yeah. So. speaking of of loot i mean well i do think that there's also <laughs> i do think there's also oh, like oh, that I'm... component to you know uh, you know going back to the same area potentially i mean you're you're taking or you're making a risk like maybe it's a bad choice maybe don't don't do that it's sort of like the person who's like oh man every time i get um a quest done i should just put on the gear i get because like obviously that's for me well maybe it's not and then you're torn from the floor because you're wearing a bunch of mix mix and match of gear with all the wrong stats and you're getting wrecked right um but when you think of like loot for example the bag bag space discussion that armored cell was talking about he was saying over on the ashes facebook right they brought up something about bag discussion and bag space and maybe you could kind of elaborate on that a little bit briefly and we could kind of kind of see what people think on this one uh, yeah, let me just bring it up. Sure. Um, so what they were going for is how people felt about bag space, whether they preferred um, a lot of slots or minimal slots that got upgraded um, or whether it be a weight component. Um, yeah, I've got to bring it up now. Yeah, we know what they're planning right now, right? Or they were, which was weight. As opposed to space, I personally would like a space component, no weight, um, just because it starts to feel a little bit like a survival game when it's weight based. Um, and they don't, they said they don't want that to be the case. Um, also, I feel like this is one of those things, like I like the idea of upgrading my bags. I just, I know it's like one of those more tedious things that some people don't like to do. Like, I kind of like the idea of getting the best in slot bags. And I like the idea that someone who works cloth has to, has to make that. And then, you know, this, from my perspective, ties back into the economy and, and the meaningfulness of like different artisan professions and things. So, I personally think that's cool and I like it, 
but I'm not a fan of the weight thing. Um, I can do it. I've played it. I've done it, but that's always been my perspective on that, you know? Um, but curious that they're asking that now, considering they already kind of said they were going to be doing weight. Yeah. So they, they, um, so what they posted was, uh, when it comes to inventory space, is having more space always better? And then they posted the uh, last uh, skin pack for their backpack. The um, one with the shovel, it says um, yep. the heavy duty internal frame pack designed for mining and other heavy haulings expeditions, mm. where it might be necessary to carry, carry loads over six stones and still be comfortable. Saying, basically saying like, yeah, this mining set is easier to carry loot, like yeah. carry um, mining materials. Yeah, and they said that they had that descriptor on the actual cosmetic set mm. page too. And I, I read yeah. stuff like that. And I'm like, why are we even talking about that though? Like, it, it just sometimes it's a little weird to me that that's even brought up. If if it's if it's a cosmetic and it's not going to have any benefit, and then they ask yeah. that question, and you're like, but why are you asking that if it's just going to be weight or if these aren't going to yeah. be impactful? And then I hear stuff like that, and I just wonder to myself, are they still trying to figure this out, or is is it not what we originally thought? You know, it it is a little confusing, right? Because it seems like a non like it doesn't seem like a question to ask if you already know, right? Yeah. And you've already what you've said is already sort of set in stone, so it's confusing and to me. It's not like D and D where you got like strength stats, so it's like based right. off like how much you can carry capacity, right? So right. if it is a weight thing, how is that determined? Is it determined off your your class, your archetype, your um, I don't know, your level? Like what what would the weight capacity be based off? Yeah. Um, like, I don't understand where that would be coming from, but mm. if it's slots and that'd be different uh, bag sizes, like I think World of Warcraft has that, where like there's that's like small satchels and then like big backpacks and stuff, isn't there? Mm. I'm yeah. not really familiar with World of Warcraft too much, but I do remember seeing something similar to that effect. Yeah. Um, so, like, each, each in regard to bags, right? So, there's like, Ooh. You have your backpack, and then you've got four additional bags in that game, right? Those four additional bags, your backpack can't be upgraded. It's the same since the very beginning. Your bags, the four extras, can be upgraded, right? Sometimes you get crappy ones that drop. Sometimes they drop off bosses. You can get some big ones. But the best always come from the cloth crafters. And every expansion introduces a bigger bag. And, you know, you know, and so, like, you know, you've got the most space if during that expansion you bought one some somehow you acquired one from someone who crafted it. Um, I always thought that was meaningful to me, even though it may not seem like a big thing. It didn't make them, it, it was meaningful to have a, someone who could craft it and got the recipe for it. And sometimes the recipe would drop and you could sell it. And then the crafter would need the cloth guy would need to actually get that, you know, and then they would need to actually, you know, learn it. And then they'd need to be able to get the materials to craft it. Like, I thought that was always great, but they started to homogenize and just trivialize so much of crafting in that game that things like that kind of, I mean, the crafter who could make that didn't really like make a lot of money later out of that. Unfortunately, it didn't end up. Yeah. In the beginning, they yeah, do, but yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess let there's kind of a lot of layers here to what you guys were talking about. I mm -hmm. kind of wanted to let y'all say your piece, but like yeah. me personally, I think there's a few things. One, weight versus like inventory slot. 
six of one half dozen of the other. I do think it is air quotes easier as a player to deal with number of slots, at least for me versus weight. And I do feel like you're a little hard pressed on a survival vibe doing the weight. However, um, I do feel having like crafters be inserted in that to help with addressing inventory and upgrades of inventory is also good um i agree with what's happened in other games that it tends to be kind of like a really just like with anything that's new like early on crafters that are the first to market are the ones making money and then it becomes homogenized which is like my one of my huge beefs with wow and the fact that it you know if if you were just a little bit slower than the next guy you were sol yeah in terms of like in a very short period of time Mm -hmm. that's true and how like i would maybe explore because i'm not going to say recommend because everything needs to get tested but what i would explore is as you get into like different professions doing different things you're going to have to invest points into specializations and if somebody's like got an outfitter like focus and one of those things being an outfitter is um you know inventory space or improving inventory space or weight or what have you then i think that's just got to be something you spec into uh and that i feel like would keep it unique enough where then everybody would be like "Mm, risk versus reward once again do i want to really invest more down this particular tree in leather working or whatever they decide you know bags are going into yeah um if they do do that i'd feel like that's going to be more like of an of an investment that they're doing right that that maybe i mean again this is just me like making up a name just because i've heard it before like if somebody wants to be more of an outfitter and they're more about like the utility aspect of crafting versus like the weapons or the armor what have you mm-hmm. then i think that that is a, a way to go um but I, I think because of the fact that you can carry very little raw materials and when you get to a certain threshold, that has to be a caravan. I feel like the only way they're going to really control that potentially is through weight versus it being inventory space. So if I have like 50 inventory slots and I want to fill them with 50 stacks of XYZ ore or xyz herbs then i will do that as a player but if those herbs and or the that ore has a weight then i'm gonna get a threshold that i'm okay okay well i can only carry five stacks of ore or 10 stacks of herbs versus 50 of each um Mm -hmm. and and that's i think where they're gonna they could potentially reinforce the fact that okay now you've got into a weight limit you need to use a caravan to yeah. transport those goods that's a good that's a good point i think that's actually a really good frame of reference too because then again you go back to the meaningfulness of game systems and and such which is important because you don't want to like make it to where like well i'm not gonna use a caravan because i can just throw it all in my backpack you know so i definitely yeah, get uh, that well they could also go down the, the part of um if there is 
so instead of it being a, a 20 slot system, it could be like a three slot bag. And that three slot bag has a large, so instead of being a stack of 20, it could be a stack of like 100 of that particular resource if it's like a, a mining backpack or a yeah. herbalist backpack. So that way you can get bulk of that one item and not worry about so many slots. Right. And it might be, it might not give you like a, a uh, debuff on your speed or something. I, don't, I honestly don't know how that's going to work with it, how many slots you have, weight. But um, mm-hmm. maybe that's what it could be. If like less slots, but more quantity in that one slot. So that way if you're going to hyper-focus into that, um, into that farming that resource, it's going to be easier. Because that's yeah. what they were saying there with the stones. Um, mining um, like minerals yeah it's kind of a good frame of reference on like the cost benefit analysis too it's like one of those things we gotta actually see so i mean they're all really great points and i think that there's like a lot of value in them um i saw some other topics about like cloth basically visual appearances like being able to put so cosmetics right cosmetics themselves are going to go over the entire outfit Right. That's how the cosmetic, you know, sets that you're getting now are going to work. What are your thoughts in general, though, about visual appearances like cloth on plate or leather on on cloth or leather on plate or plate on on cloth where you look like you're wearing heavy armor, but you're really in cloth as a whole? Like, what what do you think of that? You think that's okay? Are you cool with it? Uh, putting aside like we know what Steven's already talked about, right? Because if I'm wearing a cosmetic set, it absolutely over overrides whatever I got on. But you'll be able to see like icons if you look at my, you know, if you target me and you're looking at the, the health bars underneath that, you will see icons that will identify, you know, buffs, for example, full set of play, et cetera, et cetera. What, what do you think, though, putting that aside about the – because – you know, about the fact of like being able to put visual uh, cosmetics or whatever on something to make it look completely different than what it is. I mean, I'll be brief on this. Yeah. I don't have a problem with being able to apply any cosmetic to any armor set. I know there have been other games. I want to, I want to say, wow, did this where you couldn't apply a cosmetic to a certain type of, armor if it wasn't the same armor type and i always found that frustrating uh as a player and knowing that steven has already said you're still going to be able to tell if somebody's a cloth wearer or in some cases like what their archetype is or their their role is with this maybe a little extra click i think Mm -hmm. that's fine because i think some of the ways um like even if i think back to my dark age of camelot days right you were able to visually point out certain classes much more easily based on what they were wearing versus having some battlefield awareness and see what they're casting and i always didn't like that aspect of it i like the fact that you could i I, and i remember this because there was a bunch of like guildies and people out in the world that Mm -hmm. would throw on like cloth robes in their robes so you'd be like oh it's a clothy i'm gonna go like you know yeah exactly pound them into the sand and then all of a sudden they're here somebody opens up a can on you right so i actually think that that um that's fine if people want to like mix and match cosmetics and it maybe overrides the armor type as long as there's a way for us to perceive 
um, that. I think that's that's I guess mm-hmm. my take on it. Right on. It'll be your armor cell um, thoughts. So are we talking about just cosmetic wise or are we talk like yep. sort of skins? Yeah, pretty much um, any sort of like overriding of the visual appearance of armor. Yeah. Um okay, so my stance on that would be cloth for cloth, metal for metal. I don't mind if there's like uh if you've got like armor set where you have um cloth of metal trimmings or whatever mm-hmm. but if it's because like i do this a lot in rust right where i'll have a weapon like an armor set that i'll skin it into something else says not they're not pay to win but they do give you a strategic advantage uh, for example there's a heavy plate helmet that normally covers your face whereas this one is called a kayak helmet where it just covers the top of your face of your head sorry so you don't actually see it covering your face so it makes it look like you're not wearing a heavy plate helmet where that could be seen as pay to win, where if you shoot them in the head, you think one shot, they should be dead, where really they're not, because they're wearing a, a more and more heavier uh, equipment than what they look like. Um, that would be the same thing as if I'm running out in full plate, but then I'm wearing a, uh, a dancing gown to the battlefield. Oh my gosh, right. And they don't know, and they don't know that I'm wearing full plate. Like it's yeah. going to be a strategic, strategic advantage. That's that's how skins become pay to win by hiding mm. what you're actually wearing. Yeah. Um, if you can still see it in this in a way from this new hot bar, like on the, when you target them, like that might mitigate some of it. But for people that aren't looking at that and they're just looking at the person itself, so oh, we don't need to worry about him. It's just a person in a suit, whereas really he's in a full heavy plate with a great sword. Yeah, that's what you think. Yeah, it's like someone who, who's like, "Oh my god, I just got married! Look at my wedding dress! Fight me!" And then you're like, "Oh, okay, I'll kill you." Just got out of a wedding, you know what I mean? You just married. I guess yeah, that's what you want to do for you. Yeah, and then you get stomped because like, uh, motherfucker must be wearing some of the best in the slot plate armor or something or whatever. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I mean, I call that survival of the fittest and like <laughs> battlefield awareness. If you're not checking the icons, you're doing it wrong. I mean. Mm-hmm. And, and like, and I'll kind of just go back to this one comment you made, Armored Cell, just to kind of put a scenario forward. If you do have like something that looks really cool and it's a combination of, from a look perspective, of one type of armor versus the other, like a, like you said, like a plate with cloth trimmings, for example, like what category do you put that in? Um, yeah. And that, that's where I kind of have a problem with not giving players more options. I don't think in this case, it's, I don't really see it as pay to win unless you don't have a way to find that information otherwise, right? Visual is just one way, like like direct visual is one way. You still, if you still have like buffs for certain types of armor um, or a certain class, you kind of can get that information. And even more so the fact that armor isn't necessarily archetype locked either as a mage if i really wanted to i could wear plate now granted i might have like a trade-off there in terms of maybe my speed of casting or some other thing and that's my risk versus reward choice so that's where i maybe feel it doesn't make as much sense to limit cosmetically how i can change my appearance and have it look like an armor type that I'm not actually wearing. Again, I wouldn't have that point of view if it was if it was completely hidden other than what I could visually see. But since we do have that, that's where I think it should be more fluid. 
Right. I dig that. I get that. So again, it's one of the things that's going to come back to testing too and what we actually get to see because yeah, and there's so many questions, right? This is another thing. So many questions, so many things to explore to better understand that we're not going to get an answer to sometimes until we actually get in there and test it. But yeah, I think people have different perspectives on this one. Um, I, w I was thinking I could ask another question. We'll keep this one brief. But this one is based on the different ways that we acquire mounts and pets. Um, what's been some of your favorite ways previously in which you have acquired them that you're hoping to see in game? Keeping in mind, this is somewhat separate from the animal husbandry component. Gameplay loops. This is this is a trigger for me. I think mm -hmm. um, I would say I would like to limit the RNG aspect of collecting mounts and pets and i would prefer they were more achievement based versus random i mean yes maybe there's like an occasional like random thing that you get if there's an event going on or whatever but i think some of us in some form or another have played mmos or is that there's that mount or that pet that you really want and you have gone in some cases for years to farm it and it never freaking drops. Right. And I think that to me is we talked about this before you had the concept, Sim, around being respectful to players' time. That's one of those activities that is not respectful to players' time. And I think if you have enough of an investment, I'm not saying that the achievements should be easy. That's not it at all. Mm -hmm. It there's got to be some level of difficulty to it, but it's not just, okay, today's my day or it's not. And it never is. And it just becomes like one of those things that you like it. That's when the game becomes a job to mm -hmm. me because I'm like, I need to go every day and I need to do the same repetitive task in order to potentially get a breadcrumb that gets yeah. me what I want. Oh, invincible and chat or ashes of Alar. I see some of those things. Yeah. Ashes of Alar. I don't really talk about that one. Mm -mm. Rip me. Yeah, I'm not talking about it. I don't want to. I'll lose my shit. But I got it. Like but... There is your one chance of getting it. You don't have to do it like a thousand times to get 1%. Dude, there was one point I was running nine characters every single week for like, I don't even know how many years, okay? Bullshit. Sand. All right, the devil. No, thank yeah. you. I don't, I, don't, I don't want decimal point uh, drops. <laughs> Please. Praying to R and Jesus over here, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's crazy as hell. That does, that does not feel good. No, that does not feel good whatsoever. Um, I, I would hope that there would be some sort of mechanic to tame like wild creatures that you come across. I'm hoping. So we're it must be like a alpha mob that you might want to try and tame, and mm -hmm. it's quite harder than the other ones. Or like you saw this one, uh, like I don't know. What this one bear just attack another dude that was attacking you and it killed him and he's like, you know what? I want to make you my friend. You you save me. I'm gonna make you my friend. But I wouldn't mind yeah, that. Yeah, that's the funny thing, is Yeah, but that's that's me as a Pokemon that's me as a Pokemon uh Pokemon trainer coming out like I want to yeah. catch you all. I want the I want the shiny one. 
the, the shiny one. I always thought yeah. it, I always liked that, like the rare spawns in World of Warcraft is a hunter thing. But aspects like that, I always thought was really cool. The ones that look really cool special abilities. Hunters had to go get them tamed. They would beat your ass unless you like did the right thing. Um, I think aspects like that when it comes to mounts or meta achievements, I think are always really great. You know, when you go and you complete, like, I actually enjoy achievements where you get, like, a really cool mount, but you had to get it because your raid group had to go in there and you had to defeat the bosses and under very specific conditions. And they weren't always easy. It would make it more difficult, you know, and you'd have to get, like, I don't know, 10 different achievements or something like that out of that raid. So you weren't doing it. You weren't getting it in, like, one shot. You weren't getting it, like, a week or two. Sometimes it would take you, like, a month or two. Just to get those achievements, aside from downing the bosses and stuff. So you're talking, you know, when it's current content, like months to get it. So when you're that person rolling around on that mount, you know, that you only get from an achievement. Well, that's very, I mean, that's very specific, you know. People are like, if it's animal husbandry based, it's like, oh, cool. Well, this person sells them. But when it's like that mount that can't be done through animal husbandry, you can't get it any other way than in-game prestige you had to work hard for it and then people see it, it's like oh man that person downed this or oh man that person completed this meta achievement right you know they're flying around they're like rusted or they're ironbound proto drake from Bulduar or whatever you're like oh my god you know what i mean well they got the time lost proto drake you're like jesus dude that guy must have been out there farming for ages but it was probably the scrub that's like i got it my first time because i was out there and it just popped and you're like oh my god not such a rewarding experience when you sat there waiting for it forever. And then the game decides they're going to do cross realm shit in the next expansion. But that's a whole different discussion. Let's not talk about that. Oh, I'm glad I don't play yeah, that Blizzard game anymore. In chat. Yeah. Yeah. Something in chat. Somebody said to you, like even just a, like completing a quest chain and it couldn't be yeah. a simple one. It could be a more complicated one. Mm-hmm. It could be finding a breadcrumb for something. Yeah. Right. There's, all these ways you can do it is the RNGesus design is not not no. gonna be the one that I would choose ever. So I think that's the I think that's the key message. Yeah, it's you know, not, here is don't not, go the blizzard route. Not my idea of a good time, man, <laughs> to go and I think it's cool though, you know, when you get like this thing that drops, that would be very in in tune with like Ash as a creation's plans. Right? Mm-hmm. Like this thing dropped. What, what did it drop of? Where did it drop? Like what kind of creature? What time of day? Until people start to figure it out. And then you find out it's like a, it's a chance drop off of a specific thing. I know it's RNG, but when you know that like something like that under certain conditions exists, it's, it's, it's something, it, it's one of those loops of gameplay. It keeps, it gives you a reason to be in the game playing it. And it's not related to like, daily login rewards or like RNG crates in a store or things like that. Those scummy things that just feel really bad. This to me is like, you know, even if it's like, Oh, I go play old content for a chance of a pet drop, you know, like I don't, I like that. That was one of the things I liked in wow is going and doing old content for transmog stuff or like pets that they added. Now they gave you reason to go back and do stuff that was really old. When you knew you got a pet drop people that love Pokemon, they were like, Oh my God, I want to collect them all. Right. They go farm their thing or they go buy it. Now you got like agency for the marketplace too, in terms of, I don't want to go farm it, but I'll buy it, but it'll cost you money. And now the person that farms it has a, you know, a way to make income. 
you got a way to save yourself from the headache of going and grinding until it drops. So, I mean, things like that, I, I think they're interesting. I think they're kind of cool. Um, gives you a reason to continue playing, but that's actually going to be our show homies right there. Any final thoughts, gentlemen? Uh, none for uh, me. No. I think we got it. I, I actually quite like how your, uh, your story of like, if you have certain time day, certain location, mm. like that, that's other variables that you can control, which is better. Like it is RNG. Yeah, right. First, like you <clears throat> discover it. Yes. You discover it. Then it's easier. Yeah. Like um, it's at nighttime in the zone of off this creature, you know, or even a rare spawn because that's controlled too. Then you know, it's that guy, it's that character in the game, NPC character. Yeah, because you're not doing the same repetitive activity. Exactly. Right? There might be circumstances mm -hmm. that are the same. Conditions. You're not going in and okay, let me go and kill Anixia ten thousand times oh, and not God. get anything. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'd love for them to have like a ribbon or something to be like. You're the first one to discover it, or you're the second person to get this now, or you're the third person, like up to like 10 or something. So then yeah. there's like prestige for the top 10 of that, even though it's the same mount, since you're the first one to discover it, it's like sort of like it's like a mini like congratulations sort of thing. Yeah, like Scarab Lord title and mount. Remember that from World of Warcraft, the opening of the Encourage Gates or whatever? I never got mm -hmm. it, but that was a, a really great example of something like that. I thought, yeah, that that had that had different issues. It was more like about stability yeah, than anything that's else. True. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay, cool. Well, that friends is going to be our show today. Remember, the Ashes of Creation um, developers are going to be live with their next developer live stream this Friday, January 27th, 11 a.m. Pacific. And you got to get your questions in on their forums if you want to. Over on the forums, they've got a post. You can drop in your questions and potentially get them answered on the live stream. But you got to get that done by Wednesday this week. And that's going to be Wednesday 23rd um, at 11 a.m. as well. So there you go, friends. We're going to be doing the Ashes post show here. Be doing a watch party here. So definitely tune in, kick it, hang out. I don't talk a whole lot for that. We watch it together and enjoy it. So look forward to seeing you all then. And gentlemen, before we uh, sign off today, why don't you shout out your domains and where people can find you you when you're not on this show daedalus hey you can find me on twitter at the ashen herald and on youtube youtube.com slash the ashen herald and armored cell and you can find me on twitch.tv forward slash armored cell there you go friends and look we might be at the end of today's podcast but Remember that you don't have to be on it to be a Pathfinder. Pathfinders are all of you that are part of this community that follow this podcast uh, that are here on this journey with us. So much love to all of you. Much love to Intrepid Studios. And until next week, live your best lives. Walk in the light. Have a great night, friends. We're going to see you again real soon. Bye for now. Take care, everybody. Have a good week.